Good evening, denizens of Internet Wonderland. I hope my voice finds you well. Welcome back to my home. This is Cheshire's Place. As always, I am your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. You can always find me in my small little corner of Internet Wonderland by clicking a like on the Facebook group page, Cheshire's Place, a looking glass and a logical madness. You can listen to this episode and all other content on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. And if you ever feel like dropping a line, saying hi, or giving any thoughts or suggestions for upcoming episodes, feel free to email me at CheshireLookingGlass at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Twitter, at Place Cheshire. So this is a very special occasion for us here at Cheshire's Place. You know, we've done interviews before, but this one is very special, and it's actually pretty near and dear to D. Twizzle's heart. So, before we hop in, I do have to do proper introductions of my wonderful co-host that I have here. Starting off, he is my ride or die, he is my brother from another mother, he is my hetero life mate, he is the man, the myth, the legend, Monkey. Monkey, how's it going today? Oh, it's going. How about you, Cheshire? Oh, it's beautiful. It's very beautiful. Then, of course, the man of the hour, the international Lothario of the stage, the civil tongue devil, the sexual chocolate of Internet Wonderland. Let's hear it for D Twizzle. How's it going, D? Oh, it's going real good today, man. Tell you what. <laughs> so, D, this is this is your shining moment, man. Yes, definitely it is for him. Because this is something that you put together. And we love the idea. And we have a very special guest. So I want you to do the honors of introducing our guest today. All right. Okay. Uh, Internet Wonderland. It is my distinguished honor to introduce our first international, I believe, international guest. Yes. We have here today. He hails all the way from uh, the great country of Toronto, Canada. Uh, he is an award-winning writer, director, animator, content creator. You may have read his comments, uh, Subnormality, on uh, viruscomics.com. You may have also checked out his uh, amazing, hugely popular web series, People Watching, uh, on crack.com. Give it the hell up for Winston Roundtree. <laughs> How you doing, Winston? I am good. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Winston, definitely thank you for coming on to the show. I mean, this is definitely a momentous occasion for us here in the Looking Glass studio. So, you know, definitely from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem. I'll try to be somewhat interesting. <laughs> so I do have to ask, I mean, how did you get your start in being a writer, a director, an animator? Like, we're extremely curious. How did it all play out for you to begin uh ooh, um just kind of creative stuff is what's always been uh it's always the only thing i'm good at and also enjoy doing since i was uh whatever five years old as a kid it's always what i wanted to do it's always the thing i could do it's always the place i feel comfortable and yeah just writing drawing that's definitely what i was always meant to do and i'm just 
lucky that I've been able to do it in some capacity for a while, and hopefully that will continue to be the case. And just any kind of combination of writing and drawing, or just writing, which I've been doing recently, is uh, interesting to me. Just the particular challenges of any medium and the problem solving aspect of that. And yeah, I, I like it. That's what I do. And always wanted to. <laughs> nice, nice. Nice, nice. And that's basically the way you usually go, because if you don't like it, you won't be doing it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, you're not always going to be getting a lot of money, so you have to really fundamentally want to do it for its own sake. So that's what I can do for its own sake, usually. Nice. Now, I know D. Twizzle has a couple of questions for you, so I'm going to let him go ahead and ask away. This is like his big, like, you know, this is his stage right now. He He's a very big fan of yours. He loves your work. We've actually, myself and Monkey actually got a chance to take a look at some of your, some of your work as well, and we love it also. So, D. Twizzle, go oh, ahead. Yeah, no, um, no, like they were saying, you know, I, I ain't trying to, like, you know, fanboy out or anything crazy like that. But yeah, you are. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, guilty. <laughs> but you know, I'm. Um, you know, it's just kind of interesting in a sense. You know, it's one of those moments where you know I didn't even I didn't even think you even say yes. I was like, oh hey man, we got this show, blah blah blah. If you want to come out, and he was like, yeah, that'd be cool. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, stop the presses. It's like you know, this guy wants to talk to me. You know, so um, for myself, uh, mm. I started watching. Um, basically watching like the people watching series that first came out and uh, you know the i think the thing that really kind of caught my attention was the speed dating episode i think it was the first one that you actually did for um the crack website and uh yeah. i think i think what stood out to me and this is kind of like a personal backstory for me so when i was over in london um i actually did a lot of speed dating believe it or not mm-hmm. Yes, I was that guy, and you know I would I, I would be the person I I planned it all out. You know I go and be like, all right, so on this day I'm gonna go with this company, and I'm gonna go down here to London. You know, so I would take like the two hour uh, train ride from Cambridge all the way down to London. You know, and find the bar and everything like that, sitting there and check it out. You know, like they you know bring us down to like the bar basement and everything, and you know I'm all you know kind of giddy excited you know because i've never done this before so you know and and uh so i go through the whole process and it's just interesting how you know kind of like that art kind of imitates life in a sense because everybody's basically trying to put on their same you know their best foot forward they're like uh, they're they're trying to be the common middle ground thing instead of their their own personal thing i suppose because yeah Yeah. I, i watched that earlier today i was like Man, there's like everyone's like at first all like, this is the best general answer to give, so you don't scare away people. And then the one girls are like, like, no, I'm just gonna be upfront about it. This is this is how I feel. So, <clears throat> I do have to ask, what was your influence for creating people watching? People watching. Um, I have my friend Jeff, who's done web series since since before YouTube existed. He started off with a web series. Uh, pure image back in the day and it was, it was really popular for a long time because it was like one of the only web series and he 
he's done a bunch of stuff since then. He got in touch with me because of the comics because he was wanting to do animation because he was sick of doing live action because it's a lot. And uh, there's a lot of money in Canada to make web series for some reason. So it's a good opportunity for creative Canadian people such as ourselves and he said, how'd you like to do a web series? And I just, I don't know, it came together, one of those things came together kind of quickly and it always felt like completely right and just a really smooth process where I, I mean, I can't even remember the genesis of the particular idea, but I didn't want to just literally adapt my comic strip because then you're kind of asking something to succeed into me and not the whole other conversation, but you got to kind of tailor the material to the particular medium. So I thought of an idea that would work better as a series and created new characters and just what could I write about a bunch of times? And that was really, that was probably where it came from. Like, what can I write about? honestly and what kind of characters do I need to reflect different things that are important to me and that's probably the only thing I write comes together so that's yeah uh, that's the short answer which is not even short <laughs> no no it works man <clears throat> yeah no very good answer no that's the same that's I mean that would be my inspiration like I'm I was just kind of just impressed like you said and how everything kind of came together I mean, because, you know, you want to dig into it. I mean, you had to, I don't know, did, did you, were you the one who had to, like, assemble a lot of, like, the voice actors? Or did your uh, friends kind of help point you to, like, hey, for this character that you drew, I think this person would be, like, a good, you know, voice actor for it? How did, how did that part work when you had to work with the uh, voice actors? You know, like, uh, Jeff, you knew a couple people, but most of it was just uh, they put out a casting call and they got a bunch of auditions and that was really an interesting process. Like, going through all these voice auditions for all these characters and like 90% of the actors are just kind of the same or similar they don't really stand out and then there's like 10% of the auditions that are all really different or interesting and like some of the people I cast in like three seconds into their audition because <laughs> the voice had such a character to it or it was really interesting or that kind of thing. And the rest of them, it was, it was tough because a lot of them were really good at two characters. So it was the process of kind of moving pieces around and seeing <laughs> who could go where. But like, I mean, casting is. Uh, it's such a big piece of the puzzle. Like, you can, you cast the right people, and the amount of direction you have to do obviously diminishes greatly. But right. uh, it's really fun and interesting casting. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, because I think um, watching the series and stuff, you can, you know, the, the, the people that you cast for really gives a chance for those characters to come alive. Like, uh, with the character of Candy. Um, yeah. You know, her voice is so distinctive and very, like, you know, very, very forefront, you know, and, and, and 
and it just makes with that personality and the things that she says and you know the way that she says it you know really kind of hits you right out the gate um same thing i think with yeah. uh, martha and safra and um, you know those characters. I think there. I think a lot of the female characters definitely have their own sense of personality, and that's something that I always kind of like. You know, drew away and, and stuff from uh, from that series. You know, and just how they're able to, you know, be able to express. You know, a lot of like existential stuff. Yeah, it's, it's um, easy to take for granted watching the show. It all came together so easily, but yeah, we found such great fitting actors who are themselves like super into the material because I mean actors I mean I've done acting in the past not anything beyond like TV commercials but like I've done it enough to know that most of what you audition for is not going to be like super challenging and interesting so when you give actors material with like huge monologues and pages of scenes and stuff they really are into it and that's part of why it, why it uh, came together so well that the actors were really into it as well and so grateful for that and they're such great people to work with and like it's such I can write whatever I want but if the actors saying it aren't interesting and it's not going to come out so that so much credit goes to them no, yeah, definitely. Do you um still keep in touch with a lot of those folks? Have they gone on to like bigger and better projects or anything? Yeah, like I'm in touch with them on social media. They're doing a lot of yeah, they're Canadian actors. They're Canadian creatives trying to get by doing various things, and then hoping I'll be lucky enough to work with them again sometime. Nice, and I see uh, I did some quick, <clears throat> excuse me, did some quick digging, here and I see that uh, Hannah Yunus um, uh, was nominated for uh, Best Actress in the Web Programming Series in 2018. So it just goes to show you that yes. some of the people that you you pull in here, they were that phenomenal that obviously they were recognized by the uh, Canadian Screen Awards p- personnel, and that's just so awesome to see that. Yeah, I. That was really uh, rewarding to see that happen. She definitely deserved to win, and I mean, it was great to be able to. Like usually, I work by myself in my room making comics. This is the first time I kind of worked with a lot of other people and could, you know, help other people succeed as, as well as myself. So yes. that's really something I want to pursue again because. You know, I don't, I'm not motivated by money or glory or whatever. I'm motivated by making stuff and hopefully stuff that helps other people too. And really great when Anna was rightly nominated for that award because she's really good. Nice. Nice. <clears throat> so I do have to ask because you are a comic book designer and you do your own web comics. Um, what were some of your influences, like some of the artists that you find influence from whenever doing your comics? Uh, well, uh, Bill Watterson, Calvin Loves is the big mm-hmm. one. Yeah. He, he's pretty much the reason that I wanted to make comics. 
because of bad comic and because of him and his kind of philosophies and how he's like super uh he doesn't care about money he just wants to make the best thing he could and he had to like fight to get more space on the Sunday pages and turn down merchandising like he wouldn't wouldn't even take a call from Steven Spielberg like just no artistically principled and I mean in web comics you don't really have the luxury to do that you gotta kind of hustle and make money where you can make it but you can still care about the art more than you care about anything else so kind of him and the way he conducted himself as an artist and the quality of the work and like uh, the kind of organic look of the comic and the lettering and just everything he did, the loose penciling, so the art, the inking could be kind of more, wouldn't, wouldn't just strictly be tracing, it would have its own character to it and just there's a whole list of reasons and influenced by Bill Watterson. That's the big influence. Also, like uh, Mad Magazine as well. Kind of the other one. And those are like the big two. I mean, I've always read comics, but those are like the absolute most important influences for sure. And you're like, you're like speaking to my childhood right there, man. I I couldn't tell you how many times when I was, um, uh, when I was in middle school, uh, those the uh, Calvin and Hobbes series were basically my form of like escapism. Um, yeah. You know, I, I grew up in Detroit and stuff. And so, um, you know, sometimes, you know, with my life and things like that, you know, the things I really had to kind of get me through, through the day was, um, you know, having to read a lot of the Calvin and Hobbes comics and stuff and trying to relate to it and just, you know, understanding that like for some, you know, for for those characters to be a, be able to have this type of, you know, he was still a kid, but he had such a uh, interesting philosophical outlook, you know, on life and things. And, you know, and I think the ones that always like the strips that always kind of hit me the most was just when it was just Calvin Hobbes just like walking out there in the woods, you know, and just having little, you know, conversations and things. And I think one in particular that stood out was um well he, i think he had asked Hobbs. he was like hey why are we here he was like oh because we walked here like no like why are we like in this moment right now it's like well you know your mom kicked us outside of the house so we can actually you know <laughs> just quit bothering her but she's like no no i mean like this whole existence and things like that and he's just like i don't you know he was still trying to go on on you know referring to like just like their current moment and then he's like you know what screw it i don't think you seem to understand he's like i don't get it you know Hobbs like i don't get it either but you know, just having those, just those type of little moments, you know, and so, I mean, and, and I definitely agree with you as far as, um, you know, with Bill Watterson, the way he carried himself with his work and things like that. I mean, because he wasn't, I mean, he was no Jim Davis, you know, in that sense, because, you know, he, you compare <laughs> someone like Bill Watterson to like Jim Davis and you can just see like there's a lot of contrast in the sense, you know, but, and, and it's, yeah, kinda, yeah it, it's amazing just because. You know, he's sitting, you know, kind of like on a gold mine because, like you said, you know, the only type of, you know, t- I guess like marketing and advertising is just the one where, like, you just see Calvin always pissing on something. And that's not even his. Yeah. What I'd be that's so pissed off. Do those <laughs> <Yeah>. Copyright infringement. <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah. And that's, yeah, it's definitely. 
influenced by that. Like like you're saying, when they're like walking in the woods and philosophizing and the fact that there's these two characters who are so different but they're friends, like those are all things that you can see in my work. I definitely got from Calvin Hobbes. Yeah. It's definitely a good uh, yeah. source have, of escapism. Oh, I was going to say, do you have like a favorite um, uh, comic collection from them, from them that you like to hit up every once in a while? Uh, comic collection? Yeah, so like, you know how they, well, they had like his treasury collections, like the Essential Calvin Hobbes, the authoritative yeah, yeah. yeah i used to, i think those were like the ones that i i think i started off with a lot of the treasury collections um, oh yeah yeah me too so i think i'm trying to i'm trying to look through his right now i think probably the two biggest ones are probably the authoritative and the homicidal psycho jungle cat and yukon yukon ho was probably like my top three if i had to if I had to pick okay. out of his collection. Yeah, I mean, it's all good. Uh, kind of, uh, like at first, he's kind of finding his feet, finding the voice, and then he finds it, and it's really good for a long time. And then, I mean, not towards the end, it's maybe not as good just because I want to be willing to always criticize people I admire. Like he's, even like towards the end, he's, even Watterson, he's got some strips that are kind of like just preachy or him just yelling at people. Right. <laughs> it's, it, but I mean, there's, there's nothing in there I don't like. It's all good. <laughs> yep. Yep. Speaking of uh, strips here, uh, your, your, your comic strip or a web comic, uh, Subnormality. Um, just, I was checking out some of that here and I, and I do see the, the uh, kind of the contrast where we had your your um, influences from Mad Magazine and whatnot in there, because I remember there was a specific one page that was like how you draw and how you want to draw, and then that definitely <laughs> had showed the influence of Mad Magazine there. Uh, so um, when you created the characters for this, because I, I, I know there's a couple of recurring characters like the the pink-haired girl and the Sphinx and whatnot, um, what was your influences on those? Are just personal um, thought processing on some things or just some... Uh, influences from certain people you knew, or uh, it's uh, like it's funny. Most of the the characters in the comic just kind of started as like one-off joke characters, and then I kind of fleshed them out into these like three-dimensional people. And like any any character I created, like everything has to start from a place of truth. So eventually, they all turn into like. Someone where I can, it's like half me so, and half something else, so it lets me kind of uh, examine a part of a part of me. One character will represent some kind of part of me, and then I can kind of always speak from a place of truth with that character and explore part of myself and just see where that character goes. And that's always continued in that way. And I mean, obviously, it gives them all. Uh, underlying similarity in some of them, but I mean, you can get to yourself. And it's humanizing to them too, because then it gives them, you know, that those human values that even though they, 
it might be similar, like you yeah. said, but it, it does give them that human quality, and that's what does draw people to those characters. Definitely. Yeah, they just have to feel real. They have to feel authentic. You always, like I tell people, you always have to write from inside the character, not outside. Like, don't say, oh, what would this person do? Say, what would I do? Always write from inside. Definitely, definitely. That's good words to live by. Um, something, something that I always wanted to know was just, you know, kind of like through the writing process. Is that, would you say, and I don't know which one might be a little bit more, I guess, difficult or tedious, but would you say like the, the writing process when you and your folks are trying to write out an episode or a comic strip, you know, is that like more of like the process that takes the most time or is it having to deal with a lot of the uh, animation and storyboards when it comes to your uh, uh, projects? For the web series, uh uh, just, oh, just everything <laughs> except for the voice acting for like a few days. But no, the writing was for each season was God several months. Mm-hmm. Just me sitting in a chair writing, and then storyboards are my least favorite thing. Just because you're spending like a month drawing all this stuff that no one's ever going to see, and it's sort of useful and. You got to think ahead, and you got to work within the limitations of animation because certain things are dramatically harder to animate than other things. You know, don't put in a bunch of crowd scenes, kind of thing. And then drawing the art just takes forever. That's probably the biggest time sink. Just backgrounds, and characters, all that because it is. Season one, I did all of that myself. Season two, I did kind of 85% of it. And then the animators, that's obviously a lot of work too, but I, had, I didn't do any of that myself, so I can't speak to it. So I've tried animation since. I animated a couple little things, uh, kind of amateurishly. So I, I know that it's a dramatic amount of time and effort as well. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, yeah, like I said, and, and it and it really shows just like in the actual final product. Um, I think, oh, what's, yeah, I mean, and, and, and it's kind of interesting because I think for the average person, they may not, they may not realize it's like, you know, you, you have, you know, a group of people who, you know, basically like do one thing like, hey, I'll draw the characters or do the storyboards. And then you got a whole new different set of people, you know, who are just sitting there having to like, all right, I need to move this eye and have it blink at this moment when this person, you know, says this word to, you know, kind of convey a, a certain type of emotion or things like that. So um, that's what's and it's always impressive, especially like watching like the credits, you know, and you realize it's like, man, it's just there's no it's not just you. It's just like a collection of people and everybody like a lot of people have um, hands in creating that, you know, and that's you know, only like 10 minutes. So when you compare that to like, you know, the bigger companies like the Pixar's and the, you know, Disney corporations and all that type of stuff. And they got to like, all right, you know, you guys just happen to make 10 minutes. And that probably took you guys anywhere, but maybe between like two, two months or so, give or take. And, and these people have to put on like full length movies, you know, for people to watch. So it's, uh, um, it's, it's impressive. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Like I've seen a few recent Disney movies just because I have nieces or young kids, and like I can just appreciate them just for the animation. Crazy how much work let's go into that. So many people, so much time. It looks so good, and yeah, I share your sentiments for sure. Nice, nice. So I do have to ask, do you have any other projects that are going to be um, coming up here in the next couple of years or so? Uh, I, with certainty, only personal stuff. Um, the comic strip is going to continue. It's probably going to continue with more frequency because i got to make more money because I'm going to be paying more rent soon and also, I started writing a novel this year for the first time, which has been really a fun and rewarding thing. And that will be done, I mean, hopefully this year, but the uh, creative process is unpredictable. Sometimes you got to wait a few months for the right kind of idea. So, but it could potentially be done this year. So that that'll be what I'm so I'm working on now. That's what we'll be doing uh, next. Well, we'll definitely want to have you back on the show whenever your novel comes out because oh, yeah. that's going to be sure. amazing. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, yeah, that's, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's, that's uh, definitely a long story <laughs> of itself. So yeah, be happy to come back. <laughs> nice, nice. Yep, look, I'm definitely put that in my calendar of things to look out for because uh, um, I know yeah it came out. What was it? it was a Finding Jesus one where it was like a it was kind of like a Finding Waldo, you know. So you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was like oh man I gotta I gotta I might have to actually purchase that now you know if I'm not doing anything around the house. You know, even though, you know, I probably should be reading the Bible, but I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to find Jesus instead. You know, so when people ask, you know, people. There he is. Okay, I'm done. I can go to work now. Now I'm going to bring it to church. You'll be like, hey, guys, I found Jesus. They're like, what? Yeah, right here. He was hiding behind the, he was in the, uh, you know, hiding behind this column over here at the, uh, you know, over here in Greece. You know, who knew? That's that's all I had to do. Yeah. I think it's the only uh, religious book I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> I found Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it all to my Christian friends as a Christmas joke. <laughs> oh, man. I can only see how that's going to go. <laughs> see, see, that would have been the perfect marketing. It's like, do you need to find Jesus? Well, here's a book with him. You can find him in multiple action scenes. Right. <laughs> yes. said, find Jesus here at the beach, at the mall, when you're going grocery shopping yeah. at your local Walmart. Oh, man. Find him everywhere. No, I wish, <laughs> oh, wish you guys had been in charge of the. Uh, wish you guys had been in charge of the marketing. Cause <laughs> got, you got better, better ideas than, uh, yeah, than no. what actually happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have went straight, you know, fundamentalist. I would have been like standing on a box in like Times Square, you know, yelling about. <laughs> be like, read this book. This book. This is a good book. You know, in my hand. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if that would actually get sales or get you in jail, but hey, you know, it's all part of the adventure. Yeah, bad press is good yeah. press. <laughs> so Yeah, jail, jail is still publicity. <laughs> <Right>. So, 
I do have to ask because we do have quite a few listeners that do enjoy art and making comics. And I know a couple yeah. that have talked about wanting to do animation. What advice could you give someone that is aspiring to be a comic book artist or an animator? What words of wisdom could you partake to them? I would say to any artist is to make what you wish existed. Like what's, what's out there? What, you know, you're watching movies, you're watching shows. There's never a show that does this. There's never a movie that does this. There's never a comic strip where I can, see this happen or see myself, you know, no one ever does this. Well, you know, make that thing, make what you wish existed. And then at least that will exist. And, you know, if you feel really strongly about what you're making, someone else is going to feel strong. Because that's, you know, we're not all that different. So if, if you like something, there's going to be a lot of other people similar to you out there somewhere. They're going to like it too. The internet is going to, bring them together, you know, so that, this is the benefit of the internet. You can build like a little kind of niche audience because anyone can find you. So it's, you're no longer relying on the monoculture. You can find your people and, you know, a few hundred of them and suddenly you're getting some money on Patreon and then, you know, you can do it more often and, that's, you know, all, all any advice I would give is just fundamental to art itself. And then with particular mediums, you know, find the strength of those mediums, you know, web comics. What, what's the strength of web comics? Well, you can, there's nothing between you and the audience. You can just speak directly to them and no one can get in your way. And I mean, that's not to say editing is bad or middlemen are always bad, but it's a strength of the medium that it's just of a dialogue between you and the audience. And everyone should experience something like that because it's worth doing. Same with animation. If you're doing it online, there's nothing between you and the audience. And animation has its own strengths just in that I mean, with video, you'll get more viewers than you will with a comic. There's a practical consideration there. Just a lot more work. So make sure that, it, like I said before, you got to really care about art for its own sake, and the work will always be worth it. You know, my job doesn't feel like work. It just feels like, yeah, I do it a lot. It's a big time to them, but it's not. Like, uh, it's about, like, uh, so much work. It's just something I do a lot. So it's easy to do it a lot for not that much money. Because it's important to me, fundamentally. So that's kind of the advice I always give to people. You know, find something you care about making. And if it's what you wish existed, then you're going to care about it. That that is the, the route to go because if you don't care about them, you know why are you doing it, right? <laughs> yeah, you can't fool people. You can't fool people into liking something. You gotta like it yourself, and then other right. people will. Yeah, kind of like a moth to the flame, and and I think you know in this day and age, especially with um, 
you know, venues like YouTube, you know, you're starting to see, you know, a lot of, um, you know, animators and people, you know, pop out the work like you got, you know, and these are just a couple of people I check out. You got people at Flash Gets, uh, Meat Canyon, um, Odd One Out One's Out, you know, people who just make making all this great humorous content. You know, and a lot of it is just, you know, personal stories or parodies of things. But, you know, I've always been someone who's been, um, you know, very inclined towards animation. You know, it's just something because I think with animation, what's so unique is that you're able to, you know, create things that no studio, you know, could really be able to do without it making it look like, you know, really garbage CGI. I feel like there's always a lot of like endless possibilities with animation it doesn't matter if it's like a, a, a dc batman animated series or um what like a i'm trying to think of like a really popular anime what demon slayer yeah something that's just you know totally different spectrum but you can just see so much you know effort and art and passion goes into that stuff so i always give like the utmost kudos to a lot of uh animators are just people who are just able to create something by hand yeah exactly yeah possibilities exactly that's as animation you can show anything anywhere any period in history the future whatever so you're not limited like live action in that way so, yeah that's yeah totally exactly <laughs> So, Winston, thank you for coming on to the show with us. I mean, this has definitely been a blast. Um, whenever your novel comes out, we definitely want you back on. You know, whenever it comes sure. out, it doesn't matter if we have something planned. We will stop what we're doing, and we will <laughs> get in touch with you, and we will interview you because by far out of everything that we've done here, with the show this has definitely been the most enjoyable right. interview that we've had oh, wow. well thank you thank you for saying that i'm glad if i have been uh good to talk to you i just um, you know i care a lot about what i do so hopefully i can speak to that in a, a relatively uh clear way so yeah thank you for having me on the show Always, always. And you're, as I said, you're more than welcome to be on the show at any time. And is there anything else you want to plug right fast while you're on the show? I know we don't have like a huge audience, but we have probably a small group that probably hasn't even heard of you or what, what you're doing, any of your, your, uh, like your channels or your, your site work. Is there anything you want to plug on here right fast? Uh, yeah, just find me on social media, Winston Roundtree, and there will be a link tree, I think, on Twitter or Instagram, and you'll find the comics, and you'll find the web series, and yeah, if you just want to watch something or read something, you know, kind of uh, a lot of thought put into it, that's kind of part of the niche you're working, something that's not going to talk down to you, but is going to kind of convey some kind of authentic experience what like to be a person in a certain context and you might find it interesting at least check out the web series a whole lot of really talented people made that and I'm 
glad when their work can be seen. So yeah, check it out. Thank you very much, Winston. Once again, it's been an honor to have you on the show. So, <clears throat> oh, oh uh, the honor is mine. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. It's no problem at all. So, on behalf of Monkey and D Twizzle, this has been another episode of Cheshire's Place: A Looking Glass and Logical Madness. I've been your host, the melodious one, Mister Cheshire, and just as my namesake, the Cheshire Cat, I am everywhere yet nowhere. Stay tuned for all the shenanigans that we're going to be bringing for next Saturday and Sunday. Have a good night.